So I'd just put in extra effort. Like, you know, like I said, wasn't as early as I'm getting up now, but I'd be getting up at four in the morning, whatever it is, and doing a 10K run or an 8K run before work and thinking, just trying to look for added extras that I knew that the, the opponent wasn't doing. And I guess after doing that for, you know, a year or two, I started seeing that the results were paying off. And then I just got more fixated on just like, oh, how much more can I do more and more? And then obviously, as the deeper you go, you know, you start fighting better people and people are stronger. And so you start thinking, I've got to do more again. Welcome to Ultra Habits. Here, we go under the hood with our guests to unpack the minutiae and to understand what processes and systems they engage or research that result in ultra-enhanced living. Hey folks, it's RJ Singh here at Ultra Habits and we have a treat for you today. We are talking to Australian ultra runner Ryan Crawford. Now, Ryan is referred to as the White Kenyan, but the reality is he's probably more like Australia's answer to David Goggins. Ryan doesn't run regular marathons. Ryan is a ultra endurance runner and you know, he only started a few years ago, and when he did, he took the scene by storm by kind of immediately winning everything he was running. And I heard about him a few years ago through Dean Carnassus, the American ultra runner who had come down to the Sunshine Coast, and he had told me that it was won by a kickboxer, and I didn't think everything of it until I, you know recently read an article that talked about a kickboxer who converted into a runner and was just winning everything and I read his story and found it truly fascinating because this is a man that's all about process and habits and structure. He was originally a kickboxer from Queensland and because he was in a bit of a rural place he couldn't find a gym to train so he had to find ways to optimize his training routine because there wasn't a available gym to go to every day and without the resources he created the right structures to the extent that he became quite good and started to win quite a lot of his fights ultimately he did find running and ultras and for whatever reason it just became him now Ryan is a tough guy you know he is someone that wakes up around three or four in the morning he will go do a two or three hour run and then he will go and lay concrete all day and we talk about that and you know to him that's just a form of cross training and that's the way Ryan looks at things he doesn't really see barriers he sees you know ways of uh, marrying the things that he's doing in his life to really optimize the outcomes. He's a polarized version of performance. You know, the expectation isn't that you're going to listen to this conversation and be able to implement, nor are you going to want to implement everything. But Ryan is going to really provide an example of what structure and good discipline and really being drawn to the process is all about. Ryan runs probably a hundred mile race every month or two. I mean for him his strategy is really time on feet. He just puts in the kilometers. He says he's not a natural runner and I do believe him. I think the guy just really understands 
dedication and what it takes to win and succeed. And I think if you know anyone in the audience can take a lesson or two out of this conversation and implement it into your own lives, that's going to be a win. So, so folks, that's going to be you know it's going to be a really good conversation. You know, it was certainly for me, you know, someone that really values ultra running, but someone that really values discipline, structure, and habits. Do let us know what you think. Do leave us a review if you're on Apple or whatever form you're listening to, whether you're watching it on YouTube. Leave us reviews. It's uh, it's what keeps us going. It's what lets us know what's working for you and what we should change or continue to do. And if you haven't already, go to the website at www.ultrahabits.co and sign up for the newsletter where you'll get all exclusive content in your inbox that will help you optimize your habits. Anyways, folks, I'm out of here. Have a fantastic week. Peace. Ryan, welcome to Ultra Habits, man. How are you going? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So it's about but 6.30 there, 7.30 here in Melbourne, I realized when we did the uh, the scheduling that Queensland operates on its own rhythms and, and time zones, and it was going to be an hour early, but I'm tipping you, you probably already went for a run. Am, am I right? Yeah, yeah. I got 21K in <laughs> and a bit of Muay Thai, so up early, I don't know, 140 or something. Mm. So yeah, I'm always up early anyway, regardless, because I work early. So How much sleep do you get? Uh, generally when I'm in full training, probably only about in anywhere between three and a half to five hours, really, maybe, you know, five to six tops, really. That's yeah. I've run off like five hours kind of for a long time now, mm. like every now and then I'll get a bit more if, you know, something's if I'm tapering or something like that. But yeah, generally when I'm in full training, like, yeah, I haven't had eight hour sleeps for probably who knows now, five, 10 years or something. Like it's been a long time. So my body's just adapted. But I, I go to bed early, but then I just try to, you know, it depends on what time I'm getting up. But sometimes if I'm getting up at midnight or whatever, you know, you only got, you go to bed at 8.30, whatever it is, you get four hours or something like that. But I get deep sleep though when I go, you know, I'm out, out in about five minutes. So mm. usually have a nice deep sleep. And, you know, it is tough sometimes getting up early, but I guess that's the dedication. So, what time do you generally go to sleep? And and you're saying you wake up around 1230, 1 a.m. Is that right? Yeah. When I'm doing trying to get bigger kilometers in, sometimes it's you know a bit later. It might be an hour or so later. Or you know, yeah, it depends on what I'm doing and what I'm working towards. But if I want to get like, say, if I want to get a 30 to 40K run in before work, I have to get up at that time because I usually have to leave my house by like just uh, 5.15, 5.30 to go to work. Uh... So you know, I do stuff like I get up early, like say 12.31, make make me lunch and get everything ready so then when i get out the door to go training i've got all my lunches and everything's ready and then i just run all the or train all the way up until like you know 20 minutes before i leave and then just yeah everything's all ready and then just hop in the car and go to work and do you work like do you work in a physical environment or are you are you in an office yeah, very physical i do form work construction like concreting so uh, i only do eight hour days but it's always heavy work and i've done that for like the last 15 years or so so i'm used to it but it's definitely been a challenge even when i was doing the muay thai fights and all that because i used to fight professionally and doing all that stuff and yeah i used to it used to be a struggle like you'd be you know training and then going to work coming straight home you'd only have like 40 minutes and then you're off to the gym again and then get home at like 7 30 quarter to eight but it just i guess can you know conditioning towards it it just i've got used to it to a degree do you find at work you start to fall apart like around noon or 11 a.m like how do you how's your energy 
not too bad. I'm pretty good during the day. Like, I, it's usually just the night time. Like, that's what I mean. Like, sometimes I'll go to bed at, say, whatever, 8, 9, or – but then other times it will be, like, 7 o'clock and I've just hit the wall. Like, say, if I've done a big 40K run and then gone eight-hour day, come home, you're doing dinners and the kids and the family and stuff, and I'll sometimes be, like, 7 o'clock and the boys are still awake and I'm just, like, I've got to go to bed. And I just, just you know, sometimes it is hard. Like, the wife understands, I guess, because, I've you know, knows I'm up way earlier than everyone else, but I just try to help out as much as I can before I do bail. Yeah, it's it, it's a tough one, and I think the reason I'm asking these questions is routines and managing it all when you have a family is hard enough. And I yeah. think you know, in an office environment, it's probably even easier to a certain degree because obviously you oh, don't have cool. the physicality which you yeah. do. We we recently had a um, an Australian ultra runner, Stephen Redfern, who's part of the Australian national team, they go and run like 24 hour events on track. Yeah, and he just did, he's a, he's a diner. He dude, he only started running at 42. It's a crazy yeah, story, right. but he, he just came back and did a uh, Sri Chimnoy, the 3,100 mile in, in, uh, in Queens. And he's a shift yeah, worker cool. and it blew my mind, but he didn't have kids. Like I think having the yeah, kids yeah. is an X factor. Like, Oh, yeah, you know, it's another hour. <laughs> how, how do you deal with that piece, man? Like the energy yeah. there, like like that, that must be oh, insane. Yeah, it can be tough. And that's exactly right. It's, you know, just like in life and everything, if you're single and you don't have any commitments, you know, you're a lot more free to just be, do whatever you want. You know, you can stay at the gym for as long as you want. You don't have to hurry to do anything. And I guess for me, you know, with the family and that, that's why I train really early because mm-hmm. otherwise you come home and that's when I was doing the fighting and that's why I was hardly seeing the family because yeah. I'd go to come home and, I'd have like 45 minutes before I go to the gym. Then you go up and, you know, you do your gym. And the time I come home, they're nearly in bed or just about to go to bed. So you see him for like, you know, 20 minutes or something. And it feels like, you know, you're not even seeing him. I'd see him for like a day on the weekend, like Sunday, but we'd spar Saturday morning. So you don't have like half a day Saturday. And it kind of, you know, felt like, you know, you're like you're working away. But I guess with the ultras, because it's, I don't have that nighttime session that I have to do. You know, I still do some training here and that, but you just, it's a bit bit more casualer. So I get a bit more time to spend with them. But I guess I just use, use the dedication, the discipline to get up early. And mm. like you said before, like, how do you do? You know, a lot of people find that, look for that excuse, like, oh, I can't do it. I'm too busy. Or it's, you know, there's not enough time. I work early, but there's always time if you, you know, you really want to do it and you want to achieve something. So that for me, uh, that started about, what, four or five years ago now when I started doing the ultras. I just made that sacrifice that, look, if I want to get in heavy kilometres, I'm going to have to get up early. And, you know, it took me a while to adapt to it. Like at first I was just like, you know, this is killing me kind of thing. And and then after doing it for a while, my body just adapted. And it just, you know, like everyone knows, you get used to doing what you, you know, you, you know, you do every day. And it just, some days are tougher than others when you're sore and tired. But I just keep looking at the bigger picture. And I know that after time it, it builds and you just get stronger. Yeah. You know, when I was um, racing a lot, I always used to uh, look at the young guys, you know, the professional ultra runners. And I used to think to myself, there should be two different races. The one <laughs> in terms of the people that got kids and, and you know, the responsibilities. Yeah. Like I, I would watch these guys like on Instagram, they're like doing double day sessions, but sleeping at noon. And I'm thinking like, dude, to have that time, yeah, yeah. And you know what I mean? Over again, like imagine how easy it would yeah. be, right? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, you know, you've got that comfort of easy, but I still believe that, 
you know, that doesn't, you know, it makes it easier for the training wise, but it definitely doesn't put a, you know, barrier on what you can actually still do. Like, you know, even when I was fighting and that, like I always still had the kids and all that and you're still busy, but you're still performing really well. I just think if you've got that commitment and you, you know, you really want it bad enough, like, you know, yeah, they've got more time and they can work on a lot more things because they don't have, you know, such a busy life, but I still believe you can still be on the same par. I think the biggest thing that I find is the biggest thing that I've like noticed over the years of at a higher level is just the other work factor. Like if I didn't have a day job that I had to do, like the family, that kind of thing, yeah, that's still difficult. But you know, you lose that big window during the day because you got to you need money, so you got to go to work, and you know, and that's that's what I find sometimes the toughest bit. You think if I could just focus or get paid to train, like you said, like a professional runner, you know, you could I'd be pumping out marathons every morning with ease because you're just like I've got the rest of the day. Yeah, okay, I'll get dinners, do you know, take the kids. You got so much more time. And when I was doing that for a little bit when i was had the kids for a while they're doing the doing the daddy daycare as i call it because um my wife it worked out easier for me to stay at home with the kids and it was a lot easier because i'd just take the kids to the gym in the morning we'd train and i'd have the whole day and then you're just getting your dinners ready and then you go to the gym at night it's definitely a lot easier than you know working a job during the day as well so that's my biggest factor i think it's the hardest so i'm at the moment building a gym trying to transition to yeah, doing it here at home so i can get out of the construction a bit so let's jump into your your journey i actually i came across you some time ago i was having a conversation with dean carnassus and he had come out here for the black all ultra marathon when he was yeah, doing right. i think his book signing and he just made this passing comment that some kickboxer had won the ultra yeah. right like and i never really thought anything of it this was a i think a few years ago and then more recently i read an article about you and in your story just kind of really fascinated me. They referred to you, I guess, as the white Kenyan, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, not, not a lot of Kenyans in ultra though, as we know, but just walk us through your background. Cause from what I understand, you're, you were a Muay Thai fighter as you, you just, you, you've said it, right? Yeah. I've, yeah, I've done, I still do it to this day and I'm yeah, building a Muay Thai gym at the moment, but I'm uh, probably been doing it for like nearly 17 years or something. Like I think I started in 2005 and I've had uh, 24 fights. I've done one Australian title, Queensland titles, a couple of them and defended belts. And you know, the same thing again, but that life, it was hard as well because you're working still. So I was juggling both. So I only had 24 fights, I had 20 wins and I had fought really well. And, you know, still love the sport like you know like any other sport but it just you know i started growing out of a bit like as in looking for a new challenge and i just found at the time like you're just you're putting a lot of effort in but you're just not really getting enough back and i was just yeah at that point really and i just found the ultra running but yeah before i yeah get into that i was just like the muay thai i think is a great martial art for just building you know respect and discipline in in the beginning and that's kind of how it started for me a bit like i you know i trained at this gym that only was open twice a week so i started fighting these people that you know their gyms open every day so i had to use a lot of self-discipline and that's probably where it's kind of traveled over to the ultra running now because i used to have to train a lot of my you know without anyone taking me to the gym or going to the gym so doing a lot of self-discipline training and that's probably where I've learned to be able to train without people holding my hand, so to speak, or go to, you know, you got to go to the gym. Like I just make myself get up and, you know, that journey has been going for a while. And you know, I fought professionally there for a few years and, you know, I've, I, you know, I've been teaching kids and adults, you know, I stopped it over the last probably year and a half. I was doing it at a community hall and I'm looking to get back into, you know, building a gym, like I just said, on the property. So 
we incorporate both, you know, with the Muay Thai and just fitness because I understand that, like, not everyone wants to fight or, you know, even go deep into the Muay Thai. But, yeah, my background just started, like, I guess, you know, anyone else, you know, as, a, as an adult and as a male, I kind of wanted to be able to protect myself. And I've always loved martial arts. My dad did Taekwondo and I'd done a few little martial arts when I was younger. And I just, yeah, got to that point in my life. I just, you know, just found it. There was a gym up the road. I was living in Brisbane at the time and just drew me, something drew me to it. I just seen everyone hitting the pads as hard as I can, getting out the aggression. And yeah, I just thought I'd give it a go. And I went in and yeah, never turned back. I didn't even plan on fighting actually. And then it just Next thing you know, I tried one and it led to another and another, so to speak. So, Where did that self-discipline come from, Ryan? Like reflecting on your youth and how you came up, like yeah, what was the secret sauce that helped deliver that self-discipline? Have you reflected on that? Yeah, I have. there's probably a few factors. Like one of them is definitely because I'm, when I get fixated on something, I've always been pretty like intense at it. Like if I like something, I, you know, even when I was a kid skateboarding and doing all that kind of stuff, I'd always want to get up early, get the mum and dad to take me to the skate park and do stuff like that and go early and do whatever it is. I'd be skating every day, playing basketball. So I'd always be fixated on the sports I liked, but probably the serious dedication and what's called self-discipline towards it was when I started knowing I was fighting these like opponents that their gyms, like I knew who their trainers were, their gym, and they were open, you know, six days a week. They they had world champions of tra uh, that there was their trainer, and I knew I was fighting, you know, their their student, and I knew that that you know he wasn't the world champion, but I knew that he had all the facilities, all the stuff, and I and I'd watch them fight. I knew they were good, so I just started thinking, look, if I'm going to beat these guys, I'm going to have to go above and beyond because I knew that they were all thought, oh, he's only from Blood Axe or whatever. They hardly even open, and you know he won't even be conditioned or trained. So I'd just put in extra effort. Like, you know, like I said, it wasn't as early as I'm getting up now, but I'd be getting up at four in the morning, whatever it is, and doing a 10K run or an 8K run before work and thinking, just trying to look for added extras that I knew that the, the opponent wasn't doing. And I guess after doing that for, you know, a year or two, I started seeing that the results were paying off. And then I just got more fixated on just like, oh, how much more can I do more and more? And then obviously, as the deeper you go, you know, you start fighting better people and people are stronger. And so you start thinking, I've got to do more again. And I guess it just come from there and then it's just built built and built what were you able to bring into ultra running from kickboxing and what was really new to you once you got into ultra running that you hadn't experienced in kickboxing yeah well, definitely, obviously, the mindset is, you know, that's helped me. I've always, you know, because when you're in the, getting in the ring or getting ready, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of, you know, your own inner demons you got to face when you're going in there to fight someone because it's a, you know, it's a, it's not really a, a sport where you could say you're just going to have fun. It's it's a serious sport. You can get severely hurt if you're not bloody, you know, switched on or, or, or conditioned and trained to what you're doing. Uh, everyone knows that, whether it's boxing or any of those kind of combat sports, but you know, that mindset to definitely learn how to, you know, persevere through things that I think were tough has definitely helped me. And obviously the training, knowing that I can train relentlessly hard if I'm, you know, put in the work because I was always doing a lot of, you know, with Muay Thai, it's not just punching and kicking. You're doing so many drills like you do in every sport, like you're doing all the squats, the sit-ups, the push-ups, you know, a lot of drills that have nothing to do with Muay Thai. They're just fitness drills. So all that kind of stuff I'd transition over and use in the ultra runnings. And I still do it to this day, even, but, you know, just before I got back from a run, I'd, I'd go in and do sit-ups and you're hitting the bag and you extra added fitness. But probably the biggest thing that I, like you're saying, what I, I didn't expect was just like when, you know, with ultras, just, you know, yeah, you're mentally tough and this, but just how long they go for, like, you know, with a Muay Thai fight, 
you know, you've got 15. It's only professional rounds are only five threes. So, you know, within 15 to 25 minutes or whatever, the fight's over. It doesn't matter whether it's the hardest fight of your life or the easiest. It's it's over pretty quickly. And, like, yeah, it's a lot fast-paced and the adrenaline's still up there and, you, you know, you burn a lot of energy. But the ultras would go for, you know, when I first signed up for that 100K run and that, like, I was, you know, I did it in a really, really good time. It was like nine hours, something, but it killed me. Like, I just was, you know, I got like 50, 60K in. I was just, you know, I can't even believe, like, I was so broken. And, you know, that was just that race, but just, you know, so many races after that as I grew in the ultra running, I just, you know, got broken that many times. And I just think to myself, I can't do this. And, you know, that that's when I started realizing that how deep the mind can go. And I just started, I guess I didn't expect it. And that's why I have had one or two that I've just, you know, where you quit and you just pull out, like for any, you know, you give yourself that reason, like, oh, I'm done, you know, blah, blah, you know, I can't do anymore. And you get home and you realize that you only had 40K to go on the 100 miles or whatever it is. And you think, I probably could have done that. But at the time, I just, you know, hadn't learned how to deal with that mindset. So I've just, yeah, that's something I guess I wasn't used Mm -hmm. to, just how to get through, you know, like a long period of, you know, suffering, so to speak, like, you know, 20 hours or 30 hours or whatever it is it's just something new that it's probably hard to explain to anyone else Mm -hmm. unless you've done those kind of ultras i read that in 2018 you you hit a personal rock bottom and you uh, were introduced to, to goggins who we we all know and love yeah what happened in 2018 and how did how did you come to goggins like how did you end up reading I assume can't hurt me or maybe you've heard a podcast. Yeah. I've read his, uh, read his book and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know. I just was one day just looking on YouTube stuff. I've always used to be fascinated with inspirational stuff and, you know, different kind of gurus and stuff that you'd see pop up and it just happened to pop up on one of my feeds. And I remember just, this is when he kind of only just started coming out and he wasn't really big, but I just seen him talking about some of the runs he was doing and I seen that he was a Navy SEAL and and had been through some tough times and and that's kind of what started true. Oh, maybe I should, you know, I wonder what that would be like. And I was going through that transition of, you know, I was, you know, the last few fights before that, I was kind of getting a bit over it, just like I said, from the time away and I was looking for a change. But yeah, I just, you know, I hit the point with my life because I was doing stuff that I wasn't happy on as well. Like, you know, I haven't really talked about it much in any podcast, to be honest, because I keep a lot of it personal. But, yeah, I was definitely not doing things that I was happy with. Like after, you know, I'd get, get you know, super fit, ripped up and be in the best shape of my life and then have my fight. And then I wouldn't be fighting for whatever, two, three months or so, whatever it was. And I'd go, oh, I've got plenty of time. So I'd be on the drinks and mm-hmm. I used to have some substances that I'm not exactly proud of or, you know, they just different things where you try to numb the brain out because you're not bloody happy with what you know 100 what's going on and i just got to the point where it's just i guess it was ripping myself and you know everyone around me uh, you know apart kind of thing and putting that rift in and just causing problems like you all know that you know alcohol that kind of stuff it just doesn't help your psyche and it doesn't help anyone else and mm-hmm. i was just kind of spiraling to the point where i just didn't know what to do really and i found like they said that ultras and i just still was fighting at the time and still wasn't quite sure what direction i was going in but then when i signed up for that 100k run that i said and after that i just was still playing with what what direction i should go in like but I was fascinated on how, you know, the challenge that the ultra bring, And I just decided I had one more fight after that. And then in the end, I got to the end of that year and I thought I'm going to see what I can do with the ultra road. And then once I made that commitment, I just stopped everything. I Like I don't even drink anymore. Like I might have like, I think I had like 
four beers last or five beers last year. Like I might have one every blue moon, you know, compared to like having a carton in the car waiting as soon as I'd finished the fight, I'd have me esky with the ice <laughs> with the beers. So then when I'm traveling home with me sore leg, I'm, you know, with me mates or me dad, you know, I'm having a beer where they drive me home thinking, oh, you know, the camp or whatever, you know, do it, you know. And I've just started thinking to myself, like, and I just changed all that and just, you know, was now I just do me ultra run and I just wake up and you know yeah you relax and enjoy but I just wasn't doing that stuff I was doing and I just started seeing my mindset started clearing I started realizing all the habits that I had were just literally that habits and that I was just letting myself down to be honest I was giving myself that reason like, oh it's okay Ryan you know you just won a title you know you you're entitled to be able to just you know relax now and have some beers and just do whatever you know you don't you know you've you've earned you've earned it kind of thing and but then I just started thinking, like, it just holding me back from going to the next level. You'd go mm-hmm. from being up there and then going mm-hmm. all the way back down, and then you'd have to build back up again. And you never really kept growing because I'd go up, down, up, down. And I started looking at it after doing all these ultras. I think, man, I could have been a world champion if I had the dedication I have now with the ultras when I was fighting. But I guess it's like anything. You can't – I don't ever go, oh, I wish I did because, you know, mm-hmm. those situations carve you into who you are. And I guess that's kind of – made me hungry to succeed in this next journey and yeah it's interesting ryan i mean i'm glad and i'm really grateful that you shared that with us i'm i'm in recovery and i've been in recovery for 12 years and uh, goggins was um, you know he was part of my journey a rich role uh because of the connection of recovery and being yeah he's yeah. yeah you know and so you know that really resonates for me and, and particularly for a lot of ultra habits people, we're like, we're high, high octane, but right? I think yeah. we're all in. And uh, the fact that you've recognized that and you, you've decided to optimize. I mean, I've got lots of friends that I work out with that are getting older, just like us, you know, they're not recovering quickly from their big sessions on the weekend and it's impacting their week. It's impacting their time with their family, their fitness. They're always kind of yeah. behind the eight ball you know, they're no longer 22, 21, 20, right? So, you know, you have a big weekend, you're not recovered till probably Wednesday, really, if, if you, especially yeah. if you're trying to train hard. So uh, that that race that you mentioned, I think it's important to talk about this. So your first ultra, you actually won, right? Yeah, well, yeah, I did win. <laughs> it wasn't exactly like a, you know, like a massive, like it's pretty yeah. still, like there's a lot of different categories in that, but yeah. I guess it probably wasn't like, you know, heaps of unbelievable champions at that kind of, you know, that 100K that I did or whatever that actually entered it. I don't, I don't even know really, to be honest. I know there was a few in it, but it was like 12-hour events, six hours, team things, and you didn't have to, you know, you could do the marathon distance. But, yeah, I did end up winning it, which I was surprised because I was thinking I was not – I was flat out finishing it, let alone <laughs> winning it. But uh, so, I mean, what's remarkable though is how many ultras you run and how much you win. Like, what would you say your success is attributed to in your racing? It's just my mindset, to be honest, and my attitude towards it, and the, like the dedication. Like, I know from the years of fighting, like I've had that had that thing inside me that I just I always want to do more than the other person and especially and I, I don't know same with the ultras I guess I don't really do them to just oh, I'll just do it for the sake of doing in the ultra like I doing it to dominate what I can possibly do not against anyone else but like if I'm going to do it I'm going to go hard and otherwise I don't even rock up you know I, I don't go there like I, I use certain events as training and whatnot nowadays but everything I've got I never go like, oh, I'm just going to run and walk because I don't, mm. I don't want to, you know, say I want to save myself. I will still go hard, and I guess, yeah, like just 
putting in that extra work. I find I just always looking for, you know, challenge myself to train harder than the next person, I guess. Are you technical though when you're training? Like for those of us that know ultra nutrition takes a, a, a large place in the events and, you know, like the way you train, do you have a coach? Like, do you, how technical are you in your approach to training and on race day? Yeah, well, that's a good one because a lot of people laugh at that with me. I'm pretty laid back, like as in I am technical, like, but in my mind, like as in I have like structures and stuff I want to and, and goals I want to achieve, but I follow no program. I follow, I don't have a coach. I'm my own coach. Like I've been coached with, with the Muay Thai for years and I've had trainers and that never pretty much, all, you know, after doing it for how many years I've done it, you know, that all their information, all the stuff I've ever been taught is in now in my brain. So I've kind I've constantly got those voices in my head about telling me stuff I need to, you know, keep working on improving on and that kind of thing. And I just find that, yeah, like it's, it's, it's a hard one really like that. Like I, I, I don't document stuff. Like I don't like, you know, some people are real fanatical and like, I've got to do this day, this on this day. I just wake up and I know that I want to get heavy kilometers in, especially when I'm getting for the races. So I just go to myself, look, I want to at least be getting a hundred miles this week. And so if I do that, then I just break it up. Like I might go one day, I do 42 K the next day I might do 20, might do a 10 whatever it is, but I'll still, I'll just keep an eye on that. Like, right, I'm only on 70K, I need to pick up. So I'll go right tomorrow if I'm going to do another marathon and things like that. And, and the other side of training, I just keep adding that in as soon as I get a chance, like whether it's the, you know, obviously I work the physical job. So I get a lot of cross training just at work. Like I'm always, you know, with a lot of heavy lifting, a lot of manual work. So always, I don't have to worry about so much cross training and doing that stuff because I'm always doing that at work. But yeah, like, I don't know. So Ryan, you plan your case though, not on the day, you plan it week by week by feel. Is that what you're saying? Or is it like month by month? Like, let's say you've got a race a hundred miler in, I don't know, let's say six months. Do you plan yeah. month to month or week to week? Because like you said, I do that many races to me, six months, I've probably done like six, seven races in that time. I pretty much do a nearly a race every month. Like, so if I had a big, I do have like, for an example, I've got a few big ones this year that I'm definitely doing and working on. And, you know, they're in April, uh, May, June, October, you know, the world championships, there's a few big ones in there. And so I've got, and I'll, I've got the mindset of what knowing that I've got to work towards them and some train, some have more heels than others. So when I know I'm gearing up towards that, I start picking up the pace with heels. Like for example, I've got the down under race in uh, April there, which is really hilly. It's over like, you know, 10,000 meters elevation to 13,000. And um, so when I'm getting ready for that one, I'll probably start around February. I'll make sure I start. I'll still do all my, because I've got events before that, I'll still do all normal heavy training, but I'll just make sure that I start dedicating mm -hmm. sessions with a lot more heels in it because I know I'm getting ready for yeah. heels. But but in yeah. saying that, like I just kind of just keep busy. And if I've got one in, you know, other races, I just keep the miles up and then I'm always ready. That's yeah, the biggest right. thing that I've changed. By being yeah. clean and sober... I'm now always ready. That's what mm. like my other mate says, like, you're ready. I'm ready now. Like, you know, mm. I've got a race this weekend I'm doing. And like, I was, I was already ready. So you just, you know, obviously you can get in better shape and, you know, you can gear up for something, but I don't have to go, oh, look, now I've got to start. I've already, you mm. know, I've, I started last year, you know, I've already been training. So mm. that kind of thing is yeah. just always there. I think, I think with you, Ryan, because of the amount of races you're running, you're kind of always at peak. Yeah. 
like you're always you're always ready to go like you're not yeah. you're not you're not ebbing and flowing you're not like you know you're not going you know with if nah. you had two races a year or three races a year you might be like that but you're kind of just always there right and you're yeah. you're using one race to get fit for the other really I was just going to say, but then the other factor is that I know people have said to me, you know, other coaches and different people were like, it can stitch myself up too because I train that much and I do so many events. Like there's no denying that say I do 12, 13 ultras in a year, half of them, I'm only half of the caliber I could do I'm because I'm semi-cooked each one because I've only, you know, I roll sometimes a race after two weeks later or, or if there's one a week later or three weeks later, they're always really close obviously i'm not in the best shape that i could be in but i'm in good shape because i've just done 100 miles or something but i i've definitely you know you can fatigue a bit so that's probably the only downfall to it yeah like there's been countless races where i've like the time hasn't been the best and you know your performance i would have looked like but it's it's pretty much because i've done it to myself but yeah do you think you'd ever lower the amount of races let's say you decided you want to go pro or you really want to smash you want to focus more on the quality of the event versus the quantity like have you ever thought about trimming down the amount of races and focusing on like strategic events so you have more energy in those races yeah i have but i haven't like at the moment in the way you know just my journey is that i haven't got a need to do that like you know i don't have you know i've got sponsors wild earth and we've got a few things but there's nothing that's there's no real energy in this life at the moment that i'm getting that's telling me to do that like i i don't see the benefits in doing that because i'm on a journey for myself to see what i can achieve and it like as in i want to go above and beyond what i think i can even do so if i'm only ever just picking a couple of events it's nearly like the same as when i was fighting you just go oh yeah i'll get you just get complacent and i'll just go oh, i don't have an event for six months i'll just cruise for a bit but when i'm just constantly pumping out it i just find it just keeps pushing me and pushing me and that's like you know, I believe it's half the reason why I win a lot of them because most people are doing exactly what you're saying. Like they're just picking their couple of events and don't get me wrong, they, they'll probably beat me and go really well in that event because they've only done two events all year and I've done like 10 or something, but I don't really care. I just think that's their journey and I'm just, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just a bit different like that. I don't really. You're interesting in that sense, Ryan, like because mm. you're you have an athletic mindset, meaning that you don't go there to run, you go to win, but you also yeah. have you also have the, the the kind of Goggins mindset. So it's interesting at ultras, right? Like you'll, you'll always, you'll see the athletes generally, and then you'll see the Goggins crew. And generally yeah. they're different. They're kind of different, yeah. right? You got yeah. the Goggins guys, they have the headsets. They're fucking just, you just, you just know they're going through their inner demons. They're battling, right? Then you got oh, the athletes sure. that are more there, you know, they're, they're branded yeah. and they're like, you know, they're little hipster mustaches yeah. and all that. <laughs> you know what i'm saying and, well, that, and, yeah. but you're a bit of both man like you're you're kind oh, of definitely you're to win. Yeah. yeah and that's exactly right like i am competitive there's no denying that like people like you know i'm obviously in there to test myself that's the major outcome but i'm definitely in there to give it one good of good hell of a crack you know i'm not there just to oh yeah we'll just finish it or whatever i'm there to go as hard as i can and yeah if there's other good races or whatever i'll still 
I'll challenge them to the, you know, to the death. Like I'll definitely push. And if they're, you know, half of them I know these days, so I'll run with them or whatever. And if, like I said, if they're on song and they're, you know, fitter at the time or not necessarily fitter, but if they're in better shape because they're, not, you know, not as fatigued and whatnot, then good on them. That's their race. But yeah, I definitely, I know I'm a bit of a cross between both. That's for sure. So I've got that savage. What's that? Are you, would you say, would you consider yourself a runner? Like, like, are you, are you fast? Like, you know, ultra running is different, yeah. right? Like, but do you, are you a natural runner? Not really. Like, I did get asked that, you know, you're a runner or a fighter not long ago and stuff. Like, I don't know. I don't really believe that I'm any of them. Really, you're just a, you know, a person trying to be the best you can be. But I just think, yeah, I'm not, I'm not overly fast. Like, you know, I used to do sprints for, you know, doing the Muay Thai training. We used to go down there overdo sprint work and that. I definitely wouldn't, I don't remember any. I've done a few athletics at school and stuff when I was really young, but I don't remember being overly you know better than anyone else i i think it's just basically that the, the hard hard working conditioning you know i'm quick for the long distance i think that's what i've noticed like a lot of people and but i honestly find that's just the conditioning like a lot of people just seem to you know after you've done everyone's good for a marathon that's what i find once it gets over that 40 50k mark that's when i see the game begins so i i've I, everyone starts to think you know they're fading now and i start to think this is when it starts to begin and then you know as people go slower i just keep maintaining that pace i'm not even going that fast but you just keep moving forward and i just find a lot of people seem to you know oh you know they obviously they're just not conditioning that's basically the end result because otherwise they would run if they could run and they walk or whatever it is but that's why i find you know doing the heavy kilometers you get really conditioned to be able to face those you've got to get used to facing those times that suck and that's, you know, if you're not used to doing that, and that's, I guess, another thing that's come over from Muay Thai, when you get through hard training and they suck and you persevere through it, you find a way to get stronger and get through it. Whereas if you haven't been used to doing that, you're just going to be out there looking at the bush going, man, I am cooked. But I'm just thinking, yeah, it's just another day and I, I know how to get through it. When you're racing, do you typically start off, let's say, for anything beyond 100K, 100 mile? And I know that you've done beyond 100 mile. Do you typically start off a bit cruisy like you're not too concerned about going in too hard do you wait till you get around to that marathon distance to start to watch others fall apart so you're saying that you're just consistent yeah. in your pace yeah no not really i kind of nearly do the opposite i don't or not i don't go out hard hard but i still go out pretty good i don't i don't ever go oh look i'm doing 100k i better just take it easy and then i'll build up i just i actually go out pretty hard like i was in I'll just go out and run how I normally run, nice, comfortable pace, and just and just stick at that. And my my logic and thinking is, when my wheels fall off and when I do get fatigued, then I will walk, then I will slow it down because my body will tell me to slow down because I'll be cooked and I won't be able to run like I used to be, you know, like I was, you know, a couple of hours back. So, I, and I find by doing that, people that are doing that, what you're saying, like, oh, I'll wait for a little bit longer and then you know start picking it up. I'm probably an hour ahead of them now. You know, so even when they want to start picking it up, like it's still going to be a hard slog to catch me anyway. So I've kind of just used it the opposite way, like just gone and gone out hard. And then sometimes I surprise myself and I can maintain that kind of pace and relentlessness the whole race. Like, you know, you might fall off here and there for a little bit of the, you know, the race, but you know, you generally speaking, if you just keep sticking out, like I said, the more condition you get, you get through it pretty good. What's your relationship to cramping do you cramp no i'm really good with that i don't mm -hmm. ever like touch wood but 
I've, I've probably only I've had a few here and there like oh that feels a bit weird like something niggling and mm. and straining a bit but yeah I've never had problems with like severe cramping so you know you get the odd stitches you get the odd mm. like your leg season or a bit of groin pain or something mm. I find they just seem to go away you know I've never what do had you put that down to Ryan is it conditioning or nutrition or both what do you think yeah definitely both obviously the condition because you just you know, your body's used to that kind of stuff, but it still doesn't mean that you can get something that just flares up and plays up. Um, and the, I guess the food, I've, you know, I'm high turmeric diet. That's one thing I always have been for like years and years now, like just have it every day and whether it's the tablets or in the food. And I find that helps with, you know, inflammation, uh, any of that recovery and I, I'm plant-based. That's, you know, that's my decision. It's not for anyone else, but I find for me, it helps me recover a lot quicker. I'm a lot more focused. And yeah, I just, like I said, it's not just, it's a, it's an accumulation of things. Like I said, when I clear my mind and when I become free inside and not doing things that were holding me back, like, you know, having substances, doing things like that. And I started growing on every level. And then when you're putting the good foods in your body, putting the good training, you're clearing the mind, the door just opens up to the possibility of just, yeah, it's endless, really. What have you learned about yourself, Ryan, through the racing? Probably learned, you know, what's more important, really, I think. That's like in my life, like I used to think it was about like, you know, being a winner, being a champion and, you know, and then I started when I'm the ultras probably really talk, taught me you know, when I'd be out there deep in the vortex of something and you're suffering, I just started looking back on my life. I, that's, I look at my family, all that kind of stuff and what's in, in my life. And I, I guess I become a lot more thankful and I just start to realize, and even things i got to improve on, you know, I guess that's what it teaches me. Like sometimes I'll be whatever, you know, in, in the middle of a race and then I'm just like, you know, you, you might even break down out there and you start thinking of people you've lost or whatever it is or, or things you've done at home that, you know, you haven't treated the kids or the wife in the best. And so then I start thinking, you know what, when I get home, I'm going to make sure that I put in extra effort with the boys or with, because like I always believe, there's no point being a champion athlete and unbelievable at your craft, but then, you know, you go home and, and you're just a crap dad or you just, you know, you, you know, or Inky Johnson says a good one, you know, he always talks about saying, you know, like there's no point, you know, if you're great at something, but then you go home and you're a, you're a, you're a failure at home, you know, and it's, it's, you know, everyone else sees you as like, oh, this unbelievable, oh, he's so good, that guy is an athlete, but they don't see behind the scenes that you're actually, you know, a prick at home or you're not helping out with other stuff. And so I guess that's made me think of all that kind of stuff and try to and it's hard because it, you know when you're trying to train hard and you're trying to put in the work you've got to be relentless but i just have to keep reminding myself to work on all areas and i think that's probably the biggest thing it's taught me is you know what what really matters and and then i guess it's it's taught me on you know what i want out of this life now i used to think it was running a mark and doing you know stupid things sometimes and then i started getting like i said when i was free and that i realized that the real life starts now and I, I, it took me this long to find it, unfortunately. But I guess that's my goal now to try to help other people find it before they have to wait that long. You know. <laughs> an, yeah. Look, it's an, uh, I think an amazing set of takeaways. And I, uh, you know, I want to talk about your your family. I did read that you were down and out in a race, and your wife ran, I think, eighty kilometers with you. She never ran more than thirteen k's, which in itself is yeah remarkable I, I believe you have two boys that are are levi and jacks i guess they're pre-teen now with the, yeah levi's just about to start high school so he's 12 and 
and uh jacks is eight no no nine sorry and um they're all getting older now and you know get, get starting to grow up and yeah michelle you know she's still a teacher and yeah she she does a lot of yoga and doing yoga courses and you know yeah it's definitely she's done unbelievable like she can't come all the time to the ultras unfortunately like you know i'm probably the one that stands out the most it never has a crew because it's just hard you know they've got they've got the boys they can't just you know you can't just drag them on out there they don't want to be stuck out there it's not like you're going out there for a couple of hours you know i do the bigger events so you know you you're gone for sometimes a couple of days and you know it's too boring for them especially on those last one standings and different things like that they just can't handle it and so it's easier for the michelle to stay at home but you know and help with the kids and i just get someone else i know if i need a hand but yeah she did an unbelievable job on that 200 miler so she did like I said 80 days and i was cooked and she was the one that help find that inner strength in me when I thought I was completely done. What do you want your boys to take away from your journey? Yeah. And that's what I'm kind of working on at the moment, really, because at the moment, to be honest, uh, I kind of am a little bit clashing with the older one a bit at the moment. He, I think he finds my, my energy a bit too full on, like as in like, <laughs> you know, like as in just, it's not, you know, cause I always, you know, I'll never give me, you know, whenever someone try comes to me, excuse, I'm the worst person you can talk to about that. Like, oh, I can't do this or this and that because it's just, you know, I know that it's just an excuse and sometimes that can rub off him the wrong way. So I know it's, you know, it's something that I've got to keep, like I said, keep working on as well and building that relationship. But I hope to leave behind that just, you know, well, I know I will leave behind that when I'm gone that he will one day when he is a bit older, he'll realise what I was doing and, and realise, like, the journey I was on and, and like, you know, you probably think, bloody hell, you know, I know I've been tough on them sometimes, but I'm just trying to leave behind that just to make sure they realise that no matter what they face in life, because we all, that's, we, we all face it, we all go through hell, no one gets out of life, like, where it's just, like, everything goes good, we all go through the ups and downs of just life, how it gets us, and I just want him to know that he can get through anything, because, you know, look at this day and age, how many people are taking their own lives, how many people just, you know, they just go to the drugs and alcohol, because they're lost, they don't know who they are, and they get depressed, or they, you know, they're worried about what other people think of them, but when you, you know, once you're free yourself, and if you can realise you can get through anything, and that's what I want to leave behind for him, just, you know, or both of them and, and anyone that I come in contact with and hang around and that's involved in my life just to know that, you know, you can get through anything. And I think with having a good unit around you with family and friends, you, you know, you kind of attract people in your life that are on that similar similar values. And I think that, you know, with everyone, you can just help it, help each other achieve stuff that you didn't think we could do. You yeah, know, that's, uh, I think that's a remarkable uh, legacy i've in got another of... one that, with the gym as well and that's what i'm trying to build at the moment i want to build a community here so i want to build like mm. a place place like i've got a loft that's just up here that's half built but then i've got the muay thai gym down there that i was in before and i want to you know have a place that you know kids that are troubled or people that you know not, not even kids just adults that try anyone that's just lost and looking for you know a place they can come here it's not about the money you're never going to have heaps of money owning a bloody gym you know especially the kind of gym i've got it's not a fitness first where you've got thousands of customers but if it's a place and a space that I can have that's going to help people turn their life around, I've already won. You know, I've already, you know, succeeded in my, you know, what I want. I don't give a, I don't care about the money. If I can pay the mortgage on the house and have, you know, have food on the table, that's all I care about. Because I started realizing that a long time ago. It's not about, you know, you always think you got heaps of time in this life, but 
it goes quick and I just want to make sure I've got a place that people can come and feel like they can get better and just, you know, a safe place too. And with Michelle eventually with the yoga, we can, you know, help people just a community really, you know, that's my goal. Yeah. And uh, building a, a community, building a, a place for, for people to go and, and grow holistically, yeah. right? You have the yoga that's there, exactly you have the Muay Thai, you have the, the running. Yeah. I think it's a remarkable legacy. And I think your kids will, I think for us as, as fathers, we particularly for those of us that go hard and know the benefits of, of pushing ourselves, we want so badly to to share our learnings yeah. with our kids and we push them because we know by pushing them they'll experience. I mean, my son is already racing, he's five and he comes and does the you know the two Ks and four Ks. We'll yeah, be at the Gold Coast awesome. Marathon and he's gonna yeah, do the four K awesome. there. And um, you know, I'm trying to get him to understand through his own experience that by doing hard things, that's where the gold is. And I, I it's, 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 yeah. you know, we, you know, my wife will tell me to chill out sometimes cause I'm like you and um, yeah. you know, he's five, fair enough. <laughs> I get it, yeah, you know, yeah. but I'm, I, you know, I just, I, yeah, I just know that, that, you know what I mean? It's like, and I think we come from a good place. We just know that yeah. we don't, we don't mold our children. The world will mold them for us. And that's yeah. not necessarily yeah. a good thing too. Definitely. Right. And, it, and it's a fine line too, because like I, I do that too, but then I've had, I've, I learned sometimes it's good to back off as well. Because sometimes when you push and push and expect them to do something, they end up doing the opposite and resent <laughs> it. And then they end up like, don't they hate, that sport now so i've kind of just like with the muay thai they used to do that too and now that i haven't teached I haven't been doing it for the last year and a bit but when i get back in teaching the classes in a couple of about a month and a half when i start opening it you know i know they'll join back in again and start building up again and just to keep that encouragement and they've done a couple of races too like you were saying like you know they did a hill climb challenge me one day and you know, we just camped there the night and just ran up and down the hill. It was a hill climb challenge. And I did it for 12 hours. And Levi was running up and down. That did like 15-something K, running up and down night with his head torch on. And, you know, it was awesome. But then I didn't keep pushing. But like you said, if you're not molding them and, and you know, helping them in some way, you know, they like – they're always going to get molded by stuff that's not necessarily right. You know, like you, mm. you, all the stuff that's on YouTube these days and, you know, you're creating those kind of personalities that aren't necessarily good for our kids. But, and then it's a hard fine line I find too is because they've got to be their own person. You, can, you know, that's something we do as um, parents and adults that I find that I'm trying to work on myself is you're always trying to mold your kids to what you expect too. Like, oh, no, but then you realise, you know, because your parents have done it to you as well and you think, and you realize that you know you're trying to hand down your conditioning to them and they've got to experience their own way and that's something that i clash with them all the time because I, i'm doing what you're saying like trying to you know i'm just coming from a good place and a good you know from my heart trying to help them but then sometimes you might be going oh no don't do this because then you're stopping them from finding their own way so it's a bit of a it's a fine line i know that and a juggling aren't it? yeah i mean i think ultimately the fact that we're thinking about it and struggling with it means that our our head and heart and uh you know, yeah. our, our actions are probably in the right place. So we're going to land this plane now, Ryan. I really appreciate you and, and thank you for, for coming on the show. It's always great to have a local Australian ultra runner. And I'm going to continue to watch your star rise. There's no doubt about that. But one question before we go, if you had some habits to impart on, let's say, the individual looking to start to, you know, they're listening to this podcast, they're inspired and they're starting yeah. at a, kind of a zero base like, what are some habits? What are some things they can do to get their shit together? Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing you got to ask yourself is like, you know, do you really want to change? You know, 
you can sit here all day long, people do the New Year's resolutions and all that kind of stuff. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to start doing the gym. But you sometimes it takes – you don't always have to hit rock bottom, but you've got to go deep down inside and go, look, do I really want to change? And when you make that decision, you kind of just – that puts most of it out there. And then you realize, right, I've, I've made the decision to do this and I'm going to do it. Not a half-assed decision. You've got to search within yourself and find out what you actually want to do in your life because not everyone wants to be a runner whatever it is you just got to find what that goal is and go right i'm going to start putting in the work and then you know everyone knows that if you want to be good at something you got to be relentless you got to put in hard work and it and it takes time that's i think some people jump to it like as in oh it's not happening i've only you know i've been doing it for a year or so sometimes it takes you know like eric thomas always even says it takes four to five years like that's what i believe now i'm at the beginning because i'm coming into my fifth year now and like i've had a few little tastes of successes and and like you know some sponsors and things that are coming but i believe the best is still yet to come so it takes time but you know a year or two ago you might even get asked by even michelle or different people like oh, are you sick of that you're done yet you know how much longer you're going to do this and i'm thinking man i'm only just starting and I can see the doors opening and it's just got to keep persevering, keep showing up. And a lot of people just, that's what I was talking about, the conditioning. You can't expect to do it straight away. Like people go, oh, how are you doing this every day? It's like, yeah, but I've been doing it every day for the last five years or whatever. So that's how I'm getting up at 12 o'clock at night or whatever, you know? So I think just telling them just to just start, you know, don't, don't overthink it. You know, don't, don't put me on a pedestal. Don't put anyone else on a pedestal. Just do the best you can do. If you can only run 1K, whatever go out and run 1k and then the next day you might do one and a half or whatever eventually you'll be able to do two or three or whatever mm -hmm. it is but you just got to keep showing up i think that's consistency will always be just doing it every now and then you know that repetition that's the main things as well yeah i wrote that down actually at the beginning of our conversation that i think your superpower ryan is consistency you're you're really yeah. comfortable with the process um, yeah. and you're very present in the process. And I think that's really the takeaway for anyone that's watching or listening to the show, whether it's running or whatever your, yeah. your form of running is, where can our audience find you on socials? Like, are you on social media? Are you anywhere that the yeah, audience I've got can the learn more about you? The main one I use, Ryan Crawford, the white Canyon. So I've always put like live videos. If you've, I don't know if you follow, but that's what I do all the, heaps of live videos on whether it's training runs or you know on the events i'll pull out the phone when i'm like 60 game to event like that's right even though yeah i have countless videos of me running in events like because i'll just find a time that's you know i still believe you got time to be able to do a bit of scenery and i think it's good like because people get to see it in live in action you know it's not like always just at the end and you know and things like that like oh here's the photo of me with a trophy it's good showing mm -hmm. you like oh we're now 70k in i'm bloody you know, we're pushing up a hill or whatever it is. So, yeah, probably the you know, that's the main one I use. It does f flow over to me on Facebook as well, but I kind of tend just to use the Instagram and it, yeah, just passes over, really. That's, yeah, the main thing I use. All right, Ryan. Well, look, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Really, really appreciate you, man. And you have a wonderful rest no of the day, yeah? Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it.